The Answer by Roderick C. Meredith Read by William Williams Why are our nations in such turmoil? Will wars ever cease? Will humanity soon destroy itself? Is there any hope for our world and for you? There is an answer, and it will change your life forever. Article begins. Our present human society will soon come to an absolute end. The true Jesus Christ of your Bible predicted that at the end of the age, God's true people would have to take flight to a place of safety. Matthew chapter 24, verse 20, Revelation chapter 12, verse 14. Then Jesus stated there would come a time of great tribulation, quote, such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. End quote. Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. The ways of mankind will soon lead to the obliteration of all human life on this planet, cosmocide. Only the intervention of the Creator, the true God of the Bible, will solve this problem and will bring it to an end. But why, how, and when? What is the answer? Thoughtful people all over the world are beginning to realize that something is terribly wrong, but they do not understand why, how, or when. Right here in America there is increasing anxiety, concern, and deep confusion about what is just ahead. As reported in the Wall Street Journal, quote, The election year is upon us, and Republican pollster Kellyanne Conway describes the nation's mood heading into it this way. Sour and dour, nervous, on edge, a feeling of vulnerability and a lack of control. Democratic pollster Fred Yang sounds similar tones. Anxious, dissatisfied, impatient, and basically any other word that connotes uncertainty. On one item there was unanimity. America is in an anxious and unhappy mood. End quote. From Voters' Dower Mood is Clear, Consequences Much Less So, January 5th, 2016. All over the world, millions are beginning to realize more than ever that the world around them, the entire human society, is coming apart and coming to a bitter end unless massive changes come about soon. For entire governments are being overthrown right and left throughout the Middle East, Africa, and elsewhere. The terrorist group, widely known as ISIS, has overthrown several governments and undermined the stability of others. Their model of governance is essentially a dictatorship which rules under Sharia law, a legal system derived from a particular medieval understanding of the Muslim holy book, the Quran, and subsequent commentaries. In practice, as millions can attest from personal suffering, this is a harsh and bitter way of life that oppresses not only women, but in fact the healthy family and every part of society. In North Korea, an absolute dictator has crushed the people under his sway and apparently is now planning to develop a hydrogen bomb and delivery system, which, if he succeeds, will give him power to, des to destroy entire American cities with a single blow. Leaders in America, the United Kingdom, and elsewhere are in absolute confusion about how to handle this, while continuing to wallow in total confusion by allowing and even promoting the agendas of sexual perverts of all kinds, financial predators, 
and even Islamists at the expense of long-held traditional values that for centuries held Western society together. The quote-unquote mainstream religious groups in our Western nations are increasingly allowing an anything-goes way of life to take over. There are no standards, absolutely no laws of God that most people today consider absolute. The sanctity of sex and marriage is watered down and the total breakdown of increasing thousands of families is going on right now. Therefore, increasing millions of young people grow up in absolute confusion. They do not know right from wrong. They become insecure, lawless, and quite often descend into alcoholism, illegal drug use, illicit sex, and other deadly lifestyles. They are often in despair, deeply in anguish and hurting inside, and edging on suicide with increasing frequency. A false educational system has taken over much of the Western world. It is involved in all of the above and brings about a world where there are no absolute values. It breeds confusion. It fosters absolute godlessness and immorality. The increasing sexual violence on America's college campuses, the rebellion and riots of students against the administration, and even the closure of various parts of our educational systems are increasing the damage they cause our entire society. The fruits of this system are very obvious to those who look into it. Jesus Christ said, quote, You will know them by their fruits. End quote. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. What are the fruits? What are the results of higher education here in America? The results are growing worse and worse as we go along, and now long articles are coming out in our mainstream press indicating that it may not even be worth it anymore to obtain a college education. Between our religious system and our educational system, our entire Western society is in terminal trouble. What is the answer? For decades, world leaders have dreamed of and planned for a one-world government. To date, humanity's best efforts have always failed, but attempts continue and the goal remains. Your Bible reveals that there will be a new world order soon, and that it will surprise and shock most of mankind. Yes, a genuine new world order will before long be set up on this earth. Most religious people do not understand this. Most ministers do not understand this either, but it is coming soon. It will dramatically affect your life. It is coming whether people like it or not. In fact, most will not like it at first, and they will directly fight the coming ruler of this earth when he arrives. Why? How? The great God who gives us life and breath is beginning to intervene powerfully in human affairs. The God of the Bible will do exactly what his inspired word clearly says, whether we believe it or not. Strange as it may seem, the world dominance of the American and British-descended peoples is coming to an end, as we will increasingly understand within the next decade. This will change the entire complexion of world affairs, and our lives will never again be the same. Concurrent with the ultimate fall of the English-speaking peoples, a great tribulation that Jesus Christ prophesied will totally shatter the present order of human society. Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. Then, after dramatic signs, verses 29 and 30, the real Jesus Christ of the Bible will return to the earth. He will come as king over all the other rulers of this earth. Quote, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. 
End quote. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Will the nations of this earth be glad? No way! Many of us in the Western Christianity-professing nations tend to assume that most people around us are Christian, quote-unquote. And we sometimes assume that most professing Christians really believe the Bible. However, neither assumption is true. If you read the results of various polls of religious people, you will quickly realize that even most Catholic and Protestant churchgoers have very little biblical knowledge. Many pollsters call America a, quote, nation of biblical illiterates, end quote. A recent report from Christianity Today has this to say, quote, Christians claim to believe the Bible is God's word. We claim it's God's divinely inspired, inerrant message to us. Yet despite this, we aren't reading it. A recent LifeWay research study found that only 45% of those who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week. Over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible, essentially the same number who read it every day. End quote. Ed Stetzer, The Epidemic of Biblical Illiteracy in Our Churches, July 6, 2015. All this is no surprise since scandalously many churchgoers cannot even name the four Gospels, let alone truly understand what they say. This should not surprise us, for your own Bible clearly reveals again and again that this entire world is deceived. Of course, being deceived, most people do not realize they are deceived. If they knew they were deceived, they would not be deceived, would they? Notice these inspired verses. Quote, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. End quote. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. After Christ's return, Satan will be bound and put in a place of restraint, quote, so that he should deceive the nations no more. End quote. Revelation chapter 20, verse 3. Remember, as the Apostle Paul wrote, Satan has blinded this world. Quote, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. End quote. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. We had better quit assuming that the Bible's warning of the whole world being deceived means only a few folks somewhere else. The Real Gospel of Jesus Christ If you will carefully read Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, you will see that rather than rejoice, the nations of this earth will mourn at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible also clearly reveals that when Christ returns, the ten kings of the coming beast power and their vast armies will fight the returning Son of God. Quote, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Revelation chapter 17, verse 12 to 14. How could this possibly happen? How could the armies of a quote-unquote Christian Europe directly attack Christ at his coming? Because the Bible says so. 
The truth is that the entire Bible points us toward a time of world government under Christ at the end of this present age. In an inspired sermon delivered soon after Pentecost, the Apostle Peter said that God would send Jesus Christ back to earth, quote, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began, end quote. Acts chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. So Peter tells us, in the New Testament, that all the prophets of the Old Testament describe the coming time of restoration. What then does the Bible clearly reveal about this soon coming time? It is indeed a message most people have heard precious little about, but it plainly describes an awesome future for our children and grandchildren after Jesus Christ returns to earth. It is a vital part of the good news that Christ and his apostles preached. For Jesus Christ came preaching not only about personal salvation, but also about a coming world government that would bring peace and joy to this entire earth. The real Jesus of your Bible came preaching the message of the kingdom of God, Mark chapter 1 verse 14. It was not a gospel about some vague warm feeling in your heart, or about just accepting the person of Christ. Rather, it was about the soon-coming government of God, which will bring genuine peace, prosperity, health, and happiness to this sick and confused world. Jesus promised his original apostles, quote, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel, end quote. Luke chapter 22, verses 28 to 30. Many theologians try to spiritualize away the dozens of plain statements like this throughout the Bible. But if Jesus said what he meant and meant what he said, it is very clear that a magnificent new world order is indeed coming, a literal kingdom or government, which Scripture calls, quote, the kingdom of God, end quote, to be set up here on earth at his second coming. Notice what the Apostle John was inspired to write, describing Jesus' return to the earth at the last trump. Quote, then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. End quote. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Note that the returning Jesus Christ will rule over the kingdoms of this world, not over people in heaven. Also read the inspired Song of the Saints, recorded in Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Quote, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. End quote. So a time is coming when the true saints of God will definitely reign with Christ on the earth. There is not one single verse in your Bible anywhere which tells us that the reward of the saints is to, quote, roll around heaven all day with nothing to do. No, the saints will have work to do under the returned Christ ruling here on planet earth. Why do the mainstream churches fail to preach the powerful message about the soon coming kingdom of God on this earth? Why do they insist on talking about the person of Jesus and yet almost totally neglect the powerful message that he brought from the Father about a coming world government? Why? The Apostle Paul tells us very clearly that the goal of the true Christian is to be part of that literal government to be set up on this earth. 
Quote, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? End quote. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. In this passage, Paul explains that true Christians must prepare to rule this entire earth. As the Apostle John tells us, quote, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. End quote. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. An awesome goal. What an exciting future. What an awesome goal. What a wonderful reason to serve God, to overcome our sins, and to fully surrender our lives to let Christ live within us and build within us the very character of God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Then and only then will we be fit to rule with Christ in his coming kingdom. God's word tells us, quote, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. End quote. Daniel chapter 7, verse 27. We must learn to believe Paul's inspired words. Quote, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Yet most professing Christians do not believe this because they have never been taught it. They do not remotely understand the supreme purpose for which we have been put here on this earth, which goes even beyond what I have described here. Speaking in the first person, Jesus Christ tells us, quote, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. End quote. Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 to 27. Those true Christians who overcome Satan, the world, and themselves will be given awesome responsibilities under Jesus Christ in ruling the nations and in straightening out the wretched problems of this world's society. Will we rule directly under Jesus Christ, or does the living Christ already have a plan in mind, an entire governmental structure that he and the Father will use in tomorrow's world? The prophet Abraham is called the father of the faithful. Romans chapter 4, verse 1, verses 11 to 12, and verse 16. He, along with Isaac and Jacob, will be in top positions, perhaps akin to cabinet ministers or key advisors in today's society, in Christ's coming government. Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. Other outstanding servants of God from ancient times will also be in top positions. In one scriptural vision of the coming kingdom of God, from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, both Moses and Elijah were shown to be key figures in that coming kingdom. Then there is King David of ancient Israel, one whom God described as, quote, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will, end quote. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. What will David do in Christ's world-ruling government? Many scriptures give us the answer, as Hosea tells us in a prophecy for the latter days, quote, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, 
without ephod or teraphim. Afterward the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. End quote. Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 through 5. God tells us that after the ten-tribed house of Israel, along with the Jewish people, the tribe of Judah, all return from their coming captivity. Quote, For it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from your neck, and will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no more enslave them, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. End quote. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 23 to 24, and Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 24 and 25, describe David as the coming king over the tribes of Israel, with the Jews and Israelites finally reunited as one nation again. Verses 19 through 22. There will be no more anti-Semitism when all the tribes of Israel finally realize that they are truly brothers. Serving directly under King David and ruling each individual tribe or nation of Israel will be the twelve apostles. Jesus himself promised his apostles, quote, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. End quote. Matthew chapter 19, verse 28. The True Saints Given Rulership If you and I truly surrender to God and Christ uses us in his coming government, what might we be doing? In the inspired parable of the minos, or pounds in the King James Version, describing a unit of currency, God's faithful servants were given rule over cities in Christ's government. Quote, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. End quote. Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 19. But, some of the liberal scholars will exclaim, this was just a parable. You surely don't think Jesus was talking of actual rulership over real cities here on earth, do you? Yes, I certainly do. For even the Apostle Paul, not speaking in parables, clearly explained that we will be judges and rulers over important matters. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 to 3. For nearly 2,000 years, various scholars, monks, bishops, and theologians have desperately tried to water down the consistent teaching of Scripture that a literal government will be set up on this earth under the direct rulership of Christ and the resurrected saints. Yet the early Christians all understood and believed this inspired truth. Describing the beliefs of the early church in his monumental work, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, the renowned historian Edward Gibbon wrote, Quote, the ancient and popular doctrine of the millennium was intimately connected with the second coming of Christ. As the works of the creation had been finished in six days, their duration in their present state, according to a tradition which was attributed to the prophet Elijah, was fixed to six thousand years. By the same analogy it was inferred that this long period of labor and contention, which was now almost elapsed, would be succeeded by a joyful Sabbath of a thousand years, and that Christ, with the triumphant band of the saints and the elect who had escaped death or who had been miraculously revived, would reign upon earth till the time appointed for the last and general resurrection. 
page 100. End quote. So one of the most preeminent historians of this period admits that the original Christians believed exactly what we have been telling you in this magazine. They certainly believed that the true saints would reign upon the earth. Back in the book of Daniel, Almighty God revealed that at the time of the end, quote, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. End quote. Daniel 7, verse 27. Indeed, as the apostle Peter stated, God has spoken of Christ's coming rule over the earth and the times of restoration of all things by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. We have also seen that Christ and the Father have a specific governmental structure planned with definite responsibilities outlined for Abraham, Moses, David, the apostles, and other true saints of God. We, the saints, if we will yield to let Christ rule our lives, will also be given positions of responsibility ruling individual cities or perhaps departments in Christ's government, ruling from the new world capital in Jerusalem. What an exciting life we have just ahead of us in Christ's soon-coming kingdom. Christ's Glorious Kingdom In Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1-4, through 4, God's Word gives us a detailed description of Christ's return and the early years of His kingdom. Quote, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. End quote. Then God reveals in verse 9, quote, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. End quote. So Christ and the saints will be on the earth, not up in heaven. Next, immediately after Christ's return, he will punish all the nations that fought against Jerusalem, verses 12 through 13. Then, quote, the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance, end quote, verse 14. God will bless the physical peoples of Israel and Judah with awesome wealth once they have repented and have been brought to the land of Israel after their national captivity. What then? What happens next after Christ's return is something most mainstream Christians, quote-unquote, have heard nothing about because they have never been taught about the Sabbath and the religious festivals given by God for all of humanity through all ages. Notice, Quote, and it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. Verses 16 to 17. The professing Christian peoples of the world have been taught that God's Sabbaths and festivals are Jewish, quote-unquote, and so ought not to be observed. The living Christ will shake these people by literally cutting off their water and finally sending plagues on them if they stubbornly refuse to come up 
and, quote, keep the Feast of Tabernacles, end quote. Verse 18. Egyptians, Chinese, Americans, and others all will learn to keep all the annual festivals of God, including this inspiring festival that pictures the millennial rule of Christ and the great resulting fall harvest of souls, when God's truth will permeate the earth. When God first gave these feasts to ancient Israel, this fall festival was called the Feast of Ingathering, quote-unquote, Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. Jesus and the apostles kept this festival, John chapter 7, verses 1 through 14, and all of God's festivals, which picture his great plan. Soon, God will teach the whole world to keep them. Please write for our very informative booklet, The Holy Day is God's Master Plan, if you would like to learn more about this vital subject. It may now be difficult for us to imagine the thrill and the joy of untold numbers of people from all over the world coming to Jerusalem to keep the holy days, for they will know that Christ the King will literally be there in person, not only in spirit. They will come up to rejoice in God's blessings in tomorrow's world and to worship the King of Kings. God is the author of beauty and of all good music. He guided King David and King Solomon and others to organize magnificent choirs to sing praise to God on special occasions. 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 16, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. Can you imagine the awesome music that will accompany the festivals of God and the worship of the living Christ at Jerusalem? Can you imagine the magnificent processions of dignitaries and of men and women from all walks of life streaming into the holy city, thrilled with the opportunity to see and to directly worship their Creator? Many will bring beautiful gifts for Christ the King. Nearly all will bring precious items with which to worship the Lord of hosts, sitting in person on His throne in Jerusalem. Since Jesus Christ is, quote, the same yesterday, today, and forever, end quote, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, there will undoubtedly be many such occasions like the one cited above during His thousand-year rule. The throngs of singers and musicians were in perfect harmony, singing, praising, and worshiping God when, quote, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God, end quote. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 14. Obedience brings blessings. The prophet Isaiah tells us, quote, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. End quote. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. God's great spiritual law, the Ten Commandments, will be the basis for Christ's rule in tomorrow's world. Through the teaching and guidance of Christ and His resurrected saints, the whole world will learn how to love and worship God, and how to genuinely love and care for their neighbors. God's Word describes that time. Quote, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. End quote. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. 
Isaiah describes what will transpire when thousands of Israelites are brought back from slavery and even many of their children are restored to them. Quote, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be returned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. End quote. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 4 and 5. Notice the physical blessings that will be poured out on regathered Israel and Judah. Quote, Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. End quote. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 9 through 11. It will be as when God restored to Job double of what he had taken from him. Job chapter 42, verse 10. Truly, the spoiled and arrogant descendants of the so-called lost ten tribes of Israel are today found among the American and British-descended peoples and the peace-loving nations of northwestern Europe. Be sure to request and study our free booklet, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy, if you do not yet understand this basic truth. Unless an unprecedented national repentance soon occurs, our peoples are to be humbled, chastened, and taken into national slavery. Then, when we have begun to learn our lesson, God will bring our peoples back to the land of Israel and bless them in a truly awesome manner. Then, as we have seen, the law will go forth from Jerusalem. The Ten Commandments will be taught and practiced all over the world as the basis for Christ's coming government. As God's Spirit is poured out on all nations, every person on earth will be taught how to love God and how to love his neighbor. The entire world will learn God's true ways, and peace and joy will at last permeate the entire earth. Finally, the new covenant will be understood and practiced by both the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Jeremiah 31, 31. For God says, quote, But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. End quote. Verse 33. When Satan is banished at the beginning of Christ's rule, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, people will soon get over their hostility to God and his great spiritual law. There will then be outward peace over the entire earth, and an inner peace, the, quote, peace of God which surpasses all understanding, end quote, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, will descend on human beings in a manner never before experienced in all human history. For Christ's soon coming world government will be in charge. You and I can be part of that government if we are willing to genuinely surrender to God and actually do what he commands. We can be pioneers, assisting Christ in reorganizing this confused world and teaching the nations God's ways. A glorious future awaits this entire earth at the return of Jesus Christ. 
This is the true answer to all the suffering and anguish which we humans, under Satan's evil influence, are bringing on ourselves. My friends, when Jesus Christ actually returns to this earth within the lifetimes of many of you, the feeling of emptiness and lack of purpose will quickly disappear. For all will finally understand why we were born. All will finally have a wonderful and inspiring purpose for their very lives. This will be the ultimate solution to all the hate, suffering, confusion, and emptiness that permeates human society today. Yes, this is the answer. May we suggest, the world ahead, what will it be like? The kingdom of God will bring to earth joy and peace as never known before. Request a free printed booklet from the regional office nearest you or order at tomorrowsworld.org. PDF, EPUB, and Kindle are also available.